Okay, again, welcome everyone to the first of this monthly series of workshops specifically for tourism and tourism marketing. Uh, my name is Armand Rusta. I'm the founder of Blue Liner Marketing. We're a two decade old plus agency, full service consulting and marketing, digital tech, whatever words you want to put in front of it. We've changed it over time, but um, we've been at it for a while and we're here in our third decade. We've been doing tourism marketing and other forms as well for uh, quite some time. And we're here today to share some knowledge with you from, uh, from our experience, from my experience personally in, in leading the agency and the agency's clientele, um, best practices that we've drawn out. Um, best practices are tough because they're changing all the time. You have to kind of keep revisiting what was, let's say, best practice for SEO or for web design in 2020, 2021 isn't necessarily the same in 2023 and going forward. The trends are definitely following a certain line. So you can kind of follow the pattern. And usually the best practices and trends stack on top of each other. So it's not like you lose the one before it. They usually stack and build on top. So there's definitely a, um, a good purpose and a good rationale for continuing to, to get the education and continuing to stack your own experience as, again, we've done now going into our third decade in, in marketing and technology services. Um, tourism is always one of my favorite fields to work in, maybe my favorite, as I've talked about in different podcasts and, and places um, for the, really just for the joy of it, for the product, for the actual experience, whether you're there in a destination, in a particular new country or new place on an adventure, uh, preferably actually having the experience. But even when you're doing marketing for those experiences, um, you kind of have to get into that imaginative mental space and into those, into those emotions that you had when you were you know, walking on that beach or having that experience. So um, it's a very visual and, and kind of visceral uh, industry and and the marketing kind of carries that that essence as well. So um, let me share a deck with you all to kind of walk through what we're calling here the art and science of tourism marketing. Uh, I know as we advertised and discussed this this um, monthly workshop series, we talked about how to conduct uh, an audit, a seven pillars audit. So we will get into a little bit today what Seven Pillars is, how it's worked for us, how it's worked for different tourism companies, hotels, airlines, departments of tourism, et cetera. And, um, but really kind of in the title here, the, the art and the science, I think is, is a good balance because marketing is science. It's quantitative, it's measurable. Um, there's particular steps that if you take them and repeat them, they generally produce very specific results they're done well. And that's the scientific part of it. Um, the art is, is that more qualitative part. It's the a little less tangible, right? It's like a brand. It's a logo. It's a picture, right? Uh, you can do an A-B test and measure which picture elicited a better you know, click-through rate. And that's where you bring the science in. But the art is working with your brand people, working with the creatives, and um, really just kind of getting into the essence and the real quality of a message and how it makes people feel. It's, it's not always easy to measure that, although the tools are getting better and better at, at um, measuring people's reactions and their, um, their emotional states, um, which is very interesting. So we're going to kind of keep that balance in mind today as we go through uh, this deck and a couple of other um, pieces of information that I want to share with you, a couple of tools. What I'd really like everyone to leave with today with is um, some extra tools that you can add to your bag, right? To your toolkit, whatever level of experience you have and that you're coming into this with as a marketer, as a business owner, entrepreneur, or even as a traveler, just as a, as a consumer. I think um, we can't keep talking about tourism just from a business point of view, um, without understanding that uh, it's really all about the customers and the, and the people at the end of the day that are having the experiences. So while we won't do this today in this workshop 
series, and we're going to be doing one a month. Um, we're going to put different hats on, and I don't really know what we'll do in, in July yet, but potentially in either July or August or over the next two or three, we'll put our traveler hat on and just look at the whole industry, not from an industry point of view, but from a, you know, family looking to go on a vacation or a group of friends looking to, you know, take a random experience and adventure somewhere. And what are their considerations? What's their mentality? What's their mindset? Uh, of course, as marketers, we're always trying to build those personas and think through that lens, but we need to go further than that. We need to be those people. All of us love to travel and experience as well. And that's something we would want to, um, to explore. Um, our background as an agency, Blue Liner, again, two plus decades old uh, in this industry, specifically having various case studies and success stories, which I'll share briefly. Um, tourism ROI marketing will cover different components of the seven pillars ecosystem and framework uh, and best practices. And then we'll have some discussions. And this is where I think some questions may come up, you know, in the Q&A or during the course of the meeting about um, Yes, as an agency, we can work for you. We've worked with a number of different brands, hotels, et cetera. Um, but it's not always about that. It's about also how well-educated are the people in-house? Can we do some education and training so that the people working in a company, maybe you're founding or starting a tourism venture for the first time and you don't have background in that, that industry, or even if you do, what level of education, what level of all the tasks that need to be done to run a successful operation can you do in-house? So I'm very interested in that question of in-house versus agency. And I think there's different viable case studies that can go either way. There's different cases, let's say, where it can be one way or another, or usually some kind of combination, right? And we'll talk a little bit about different marketing packages and a certification program that we have uh, also available for people that want to go deeper into this type of uh, marketing education. All right, that's a lot to cover. So let's see, let's uh, dive in a little bit more. Um, without going too deep, just as an example and a framework for the background for Blue Liner, we've worked for different governments and, and uh, departments of tourism, uh, most notably the Cayman Islands uh, DOT. Um, seven years, actually that went on to, that's a, that's a bit of a dated slide, that's actually 10 years uh, as uh, agency record of record for SEO, search engine optimization. Uh, we've also done extensive seven pillars of digital marketing training and been a partner um, to the uh, DOT there for a number of years, over a decade. And also we're the web development agency of record, not actively, but for, for a two-year period, uh, which has been an amazing experience. It's a wonderful place to, to visit uh, and to work for those that work in the tourism industry there. Uh, hello to everyone uh, from Cayman Islands. We also did uh, some extensive projects for, for various airlines, including Lufthansa. There's a whole case study here. I won't bore you with the details, but for anyone who is participating today, um, make sure we have your email. You can either put it in the chat or the QA or um, in, in LinkedIn if you're there in the comments, and we'll make sure to follow through and share with you. Um, our our deck that has these case studies and some of these best practices. Again, these are tools for your toolkit to take forward and utilize, um, hopefully for the betterment of your own, own marketing. This was an old one. Looking at this today, I, was, I, was, um, I, I forgot that this was probably one of our first tourism projects that we did for a nice brand that some of you may have heard of called IZOD. Um, a clothing fashion brand, but they were actually went into the fragrances business for a little bit. Uh, I don't think they're still in that field, um, but this was a foray that they made um, and um, they wanted to do it around adventure. So there was this brand, Seek Adventure. Uh, and this was an old flash website from years, years back. Uh, so this goes to show, again, I'm dating myself and our agency, but uh, it's nice to go back and see how things evolved and this is actually, Flash was a great, great web tool. And uh, on that note, um, not really much today, but I'll tease it out for one of the next workshops or two. Maybe the next one would be uh, trends, top trends in tourism-related uh, web and app design. Um, so that's just some background. 
Again, what is seven pillars? It's a framework. It's a framework, a map for learning strategy execution of the entire universe of, of digital marketing uh, tactics and techniques. Um, it's funny, that word digital, I would even change it right now into integrated, right? Because digital marketing is one component and then there's, and then there's traditional and those are working together more and more seamlessly nowadays. Um, the reason we started with the digital marketing uh, framework and really highlighted that by writing books and doing courses was because as Blue Liner, we were one of the first digital agencies, digital centric agencies back in 2000 through 2005, which was a time when you had to convince people that they even needed digital marketing or what it was or that they needed to build a website. So we were very strong on digital only as a bridge to try to help all the traditional minded um, marketing tactics and practitioners add this skill set, right? But now that we have it in our vernacular and everyone understands how important it is, I think it's a good time to kind of just talk about marketing in general. We know digital is going to be infused in it. And on that note, um, the um, when you take the seven pillars of digital, seven pillars of traditional, and then kind of merge them in together, you have what we've landed on is these kind of 12 overall pillars of just, let's just call it marketing. Let's just even strike that word integrated. These are the 12 pillars of marketing. And um, we could spend a whole workshop on each one. Um, there's a lot of experts in each particular domain and discipline, but the best advice I can give any young or old marketer, it's always easier to give advice to, to the younger folks because they're, they're more open to learn. Whereas when we, when we're, our whole history is in, let's say, um, PR, right, which is one of these pillars here, it's, it's not always easy to kind of open up to social media and newer forms, but we all have to do that. Um, I'm not a young guy anymore either. It's like, I have to keep reinventing myself in order to make sure our message and our, our skill sets, my skill sets are, are relevant. Um, so the, the main point I want to make here is the holistic approach. And regardless of which area or two or three you might have more of an interest in or you might be more of an expert in, have a background in, you have to respect the whole framework and always try to take a holistic approach. Take your pillar or pillars and put them like in the middle of a circle. And literally, you can do this with graphics like, like the ones we're sharing here. Put all the pillars around and ask yourself, okay, how does the things I'm working on, how does this SEO strategy, for example, search, you know, pillar, pillar um, three there uh, on the digital side, how does it relate to all the others? And those are very good exercises to do, and it could open up marketing opportunities. Uh, what is the matrix, right? It's like uh, uh, one of my favorite movies, obviously a great movie, but in this case, it's the marketing matrix, right? The marketing matrix, which I'll, it's a, it's a visual uh, and a visualization of your overall map and, and um, framework. I like to call it a chessboard because it's just that. It's what pieces do you have and how are you moving the pieces you have? You can't see it here, but in our, in our HQ uh, headquarters in Jersey City, we have big writable walls that are pretty much big matrix maps. That's what those maps on the wall are uh, for some of the guys sitting in the office. And um, it's a great way to visualize not just a marketing strategy. It's really like a business strategy, uh, a vision for your, for your venture or whatever it is you're working on. You can really even take this model into your life in a way uh, on a personal level. But that's, you know, that's for a different workshop, probably something with, with another brand we're involved in, one of our clients and partners, uh, Timebug, which is more about your how you map and frame framework your life. But in this case, how do you map and framework these, these five items we see here? Who's the team? Who's involved? And what are their profiles? What are their backgrounds, right? If we're working on, let's say, a launch of a new hotel, let's say, um, who's in the team? Is it just the founders? Is it bed and breakfast? Is it um, do we have a staff yet? And what are their capabilities, right? It's a very important question, right? For both in-house and if you get agencies involved as well. You could hire a great agency, but if they don't, again, have the tourism background and you're launching a hotel, that might not be the best fit because there's very special 
principles apply across any industry, but there are very particular language and nuances to each industry, right? So who's involved, A. B, who's the leadership, who's in charge, key stakeholders, are there investors, what are they interested in? Are they interested in a certain kind of clientele coming to their resort? Or do they just want to fill the rooms, as, as we say in tourism, put, put heads in beds, right? It's the big uh, tourism marketing phrase, which uh, uh, is kind of catchy. But it's like, okay, do you just want heads in beds? Or is it a certain type of clientele, right? Um, and so that's why it's important to know who's the leadership, who are the key stakeholders, and what is it they want? Uh, three, what are we doing? In this um, in this area, meaning meaning um, um, if projects are ongoing and campaigns are ongoing, we have to be able to evaluate what the key tasks are that are happening. Do we have a social media strategy? Is there a content strategy? Are there tasks happening daily for content development, for social listening, etc.? And then um, point four, uh, goals. What are we trying to achieve specifically each quarter, each month, each year? And then obviously having a proper uh, audit, right? How are we doing in each area? Uh, I think this fifth point is a very, um, it's a challenging one, right? Because people in marketing, like ourselves, agencies, uh, and people working in-house in VP roles, different marketing roles, everyone's always trying to prove themselves and kind of measure themselves. And, and usually there's accountability the accountability to the leadership team, to the stakeholders. Um, it's So the challenge is to be able to be very objective and evaluate campaigns and everyone's performance as honestly as possible, you know, which is hard to do. It's hard to do a self-evaluation, which is usually why agencies or third party, having some kind of third party tool or best practices tool like like this marketing matrix and seven pillars is helpful to be able to understand what are some good benchmarks and standards for let's say if we put in um, ten hours a week in SEO as a kind of a beginner person who, who doesn't have much history what's a good expectation to determine if I'm wasting my ten hours a week or if that's actually fruitful so that's a very particular measurement question. Right. We can say the same about social media. We're posting every day. What does that really mean? Okay. How much time are we spending to do that? And what outcome, what goal? Is it influencing bookings? Is it helping us get better reviews? That kind of thing. So, all these things, again, this is part of the science, part of this matrix, part of this framework to be able to measure that. And that's something that um, I know there's a lot of marketers and just people in general. Um, working in these fields that are, are, are less quantitative oriented and that are more just want to go by feel and just kind of get done what's on their plate with a simple task list every day. And that's great. That's the most important thing is to kind of like know what the priorities are and to work on them and just get stuff done. Um, but to close the loop on that, there ought to be some periodic measurement, even if it's not daily. It's like once a month, hey, we've been doing all this stuff. How's it going? You know, do we need to pivot, change directions, et cetera? So that's what the matrix helps us do. And I'm going to demonstrate here um, a little bit about how that works. Again, this would be like a full day workshop with a whole marketing department to actually take us through a very specific um, case. And this is something we actually do as an agency for companies that, um, that need and, uh, and, and would like that kind of feedback. Um, we used to actually call this uh, the 49er matrix because it's a seven by seven grid, but um, we've kind of changed the language, evolved it into just generally calling it the marketing matrix. And, and here, um, what you would see here without diving into all the details is um, seven pillars. You see here P1 through P7 across the top. And what you see here in these different faces is just, you know, who's in charge, right? So these could just be little avatars or thumbnails of the people in your company and uh, in different roles and who's in charge of, let's say, pillar one, content, pillar two, design, branding, pillar three, SEO, pillar four, media, paid online media, PPC, all of that, pillar five, CRM, customer relationship management, um, 
pillar six, social media, pillar seven, mobile, right? So who's in charge and how are we doing in each area? So imagine just once a month, you sat down as a team and just came up with a simple, you know, the person in charge could give their own evaluation. Um, CEO or whoever's in charge of the company could do so. Or if you're working with an agency, they can also help you do that and say things like, you know, hey, you got a red dot there. Hey, we haven't done any content. We haven't done any blogs. What happened to our editorial calendar? Maybe we don't even have one, right? And that's where you can start putting different color codes or different ratings, either one to five, or in this case, we use uh, green for like we're on point, meeting or exceeding our goals, yellow kind of in the middle, red kind of not going too well. And sometimes we use gray as well for basically meaning we haven't even thought about that. We haven't started, we haven't thought about it. So we can't really give ourselves or the, you know, that aspect, that pillar, a negative grade, it's just hasn't been in our awareness, right? So it shows the value of having some of these different visual matrix views to just even know where you have awareness, where you're putting effort in. Um, and then you could determine if that effort is, is fruitful or not based on some predetermined or ongoing refined uh, metrics or, or KPIs. And this is what we call a, um, it's a, it's a canvas. So what do we have here? Again, along the similar lines, it's a similar matrix. You have the pillars across the top, but here we're focused on the, what we're calling the modes. These could just be modes of marketing or modes of business, right? And here's what, here's what those modes are, right? Brainstorming or ideation, strategy, tools, people, ROI, which is in, involves budgeting and goals, right? So what's our budget for a particular, could be for the whole campaign, for the whole business, or for a particular pillar, right? So imagine you had P3 clicked on here, that would be, okay, search marketing. Let's look at all these seven modes just for, just for that particular area, right? So, but in this case, again, and staying within the tourism framework, right? And now let's, now let's think about, um, let's think about a hotel in, let's say the Caribbean, right? I like to always <laughs> refer to different Caribbean experiences because we have so much experience there. Um, let's call it the Caribbean Dream Hotel in wherever it may be, Bahamas. Um, I don't think there's one of that name there, but in any case, so we're doing a, um, a monthly or let's say a quarterly meeting uh, that they're doing and we're coming in, um, someone new's coming in to lead the meeting. Let's say myself and I'm coming in and, you know, I'd put this board up and I'd want to know Who's in charge? You know, who's in charge of each area? Obviously, the first question is, well, what's the budget? What are our goals? You can't have goals without a budget. You can't have budget without goals. These things are all part of this grid. This, um, I believe this would be the third, um, second or third. The first mode would be ideation. Second and third would be ROI and then strategy, right? So, we need to kind of start putting numbers on the board. And I'd like to see the previous quarter. I'd like to see the previous 12 months, month by month or quarterly. As we know in tourism business, in most cases and most places, uh, especially sunny destinations, there's a, there's a seasonality, right? Summer is here now, right? It's June 27th. So people are planning their summer vacations, family trips. It's, it's usually a peak season of travel. So we'd want to see some seasonal historical budgets and past performance. And then based on that, we can have a really good conversation about what our, what our forward-looking 12-month goals are in relation to the previous. I know we, you know we just came out of COVID and lockdowns and a lot of tourism destinations were literally in the Caribbean and worldwide shut down for a year or two. So uh, a lot of those businesses haven't been able to come back online, but for those that have, um, it's the history in 2021, 22 is a little sketchy because there, a lot of things are still closed off. So 2023 really looks to be the first year where things are almost fully back open everywhere. Um, so you might want to do some comparables and look back at, at 2019, the year before COVID as maybe the last year to compare on ROI. Um, 
I would want to ask questions right away about who are the people involved in the team, um, in-house agencies, consultants, um, and who's got different roles. What tools are we using? Again, not just from a digital marketing, this could be digital, traditional, all around. Um, what tools are we using for, for analytics, you know, on the website, Google Analytics usually is a, is a typical one. Uh, any SEO special tools we're using to measure keywords and performance, tools like Bright Edge or Conductor or there's so many, there's so many. Um, and, if, and, you know, are, are we getting the most juice out of those tools? What's our CRM? Is it HubSpot? Is it Salesforce? Is it something else? Um, and and um, even website, right? What's the content management system? There's a lot of those conversations we're having in-house nowadays. Is it Wix? Is it WordPress? Some of our technical uh, side team members are doing a lot more in, in React and proposing much more highly functional um, types of um, websites there, like React, Na React Native as a technology platform. What are the pros and cons of that? So we can have literally uh, either a one, two hour meeting or a whole day workshop just on laying out on the board and literally writing into these different boxes or in some side notes, um, who's in charge of different areas and how are we doing in the different areas? And are there some new strategic ideas? We can start jotting those down. Um, and, uh, and then also evaluating analytics and how are we doing on the execution side? Right, so that's one slide. And um, another one here would be taking a pillars view. That was more of a modes view, right? Down the, um, the vertical axis. Now we're you know, going across horizontally. We look at the seven pillars, right? And again, who's in charge of each area? How are we doing in each area? What are our goals in each area, right? So for example, for search, and this would be a little bit more organic search which is changing vastly. And we'll talk about that a little bit today on things like AI and automation and how that's changing the world of content and search. Uh, I do think that uh, welcomes or invites us to a full, probably a full-scale workshop just on that topic. But uh, for now, what I would ask quickly if I was coming into a new situation would be, okay, well, how are we performing? How, what percentage of our website traffic and bookings and actual booking revenue from the past 12 months has actually come from organic search, right? These three pillars across the top, search, paid media, and social are pretty much the three revenue generators. These are the three that are really at the top of the funnel. I think that's probably why we put them in this visual at the top. Um, and um, yeah, I would wanna know the percentage of of traffic and revenue coming from all these three areas, but particularly in search, I'd want to know which keywords are really the drivers, which geographies, like if again, we're this Bahamas hotel, um, usually Caribbean gets a lot from the Northeast and the East Coast, more so than West Coast travelers because it's a longer trip. But I want to see that. I want to see how that manifests uh, in the data in the actual um, analytics and report here. Um, and then I want to see what our keyword positions are um, for some of the top keywords that we might want to be found for that maybe we're not doing as well for. Uh, if we're a couples resort, for example, okay, how are we doing for couples resorts for honeymoon travel? Keyword sets like that. We, we group that keyword set related to couples and we'll see how are we doing there? How much of those keywords have driven us traffic and actual revenue? Uh, then, of course, we would want to look at competitors. We know who our competitors are. Most of these islands, most tourism uh, venues and businesses know who their top people are in their field. And as, agency, as an agency, we hear this all the time. It's like the things that keep them up at night and, and they're almost obsessive sometimes over how their competitors are doing. Understandable. Um, so how do, we, how do we help you compete and win? or at least have your fair share in, in your respective market. Um, in order to do that, we've got to analyze. We've got to see who's doing well. It's a, in this case, in search, uh, who's showing up at the top of the search results and why. And then we go in and analyze their content, their web pages, 
their their social media to see what's really driving because a lot of times social actually will drive success. All these three work together. These three pillars are really in lockstep. Really, I'd say all seven. It's it's the holistic model, right? You can't have good search without good content, right? That's why it's kind of like building blocks here, the way these designs work. These aren't perfect designs. These are really like my sketches. Uh, we have Edward and a team of designers that creates more um, professional uh, icons and graphics. And we have all of those are in our book, you know, Seven Pillars of Digital Marketing. And, and you can find those on, on the website there on both blueliner.io uh, and sevenpillarsdigital.com. Um, but I like to uh, I like to get my my chicken scratch going and, and create these these visuals uh, as well because it, again it's part of the map, right? And uh, all these seven have to work very closely together. Now let's move over to pillar two, and I won't go through all seven because again we're not going to have time to dig in that deep to each one today. Um, but in some follow up workshops, I promise um, we'll open up you know Google AdWords and the search engine tool, marketing uh, uh, optimization tools and analytics, and, and we'll drill in. And if anyone is um, willing to share their own analytics or their own websites and have us go through, we'll actually uh, do some audits, live audits on websites and campaigns themselves. But uh, on the media side, it's really some simple questions. It goes back to that, um, that budgeting slide we looked at. What's the budget? How's it being spent? And how well is that being received, right? Across, let's say, Facebook and Google and Instagram and all the different places you can, TripAdvisor, right? That we can spend money to get attention um, and, and draw revenue and to evaluate each one of those. And um, sometimes I find clients would generally throw out, you know, the baby with the bathwater in a sense of saying, oh, well, Facebook doesn't work for us or, no, AdWords didn't work. We tried that last year. Well, did you try it? I mean, maybe you put some budget in for how long did you try it for? A month, two months, three months? Is that a long enough period of time to really measure results? Usually not. I'd say it could be if it's done really well, really professionally. But um, it could have been done by someone who wasn't committed, maybe didn't have the background in tourism marketing or in specifically on the ground knowledge in the Bahamas of the competitors and how the Dream Hotel differentiates itself because it has an indoor outdoor pool or an infinity pool or you know 24 hour gym, right? The kind of things people might look for when they're traveling. And that person was hired as a consultant to come in and they never even visited the hotel. It's a mistake I've made and I'm ashamed to say like some of the best destinations we represented because they weren't next door were hard to get to and I didn't make the time to travel there. Um, and um, I regret it for not having the travel experience, but also, you know, it really takes away from your ability to really effectively market and represent that product. So yeah, we'd want to look at the media and look at the channels and, and maybe look at them with a fresh lens and say, well, could we revisit this if there's a budget and, and do a more um, thorough or maybe a more effective creative campaign um, to see if we could re revive a channel that we might have dismissed in the past. And same goes for social media. Again, social has both organic and a paid component, um, and they're both important. They're both extremely important. Um, so I will, I will leave it at that for now. Uh, again, these are, these are Word document uh, that can be shared along with the deck uh, for those that are interested. And let's go back to the deck. and um, try to round out over the next uh, 10 minutes here. I just want to throw these out there. These are some, you know, big ideas. I don't think they're really big ideas anymore. I mean, these were, the, you know, the initial time I did this presentation was probably in 2016, 17. And I was talking about, you know, blockchain is a big idea for tourism, uh, changing the way people both plan and pay for tourism. It's still not happening uh, really on any kind of mass scale. So I believe there's a huge opportunity in this kind of Web3 space for, I mean, for example, when you go to, let's say, Cayman Islands, to stick in that example, they have their own currency, right? They're not going to accept dollars in some places will, some won't. So you need your Cayman dollars, right? So 
you, you got to make sure to, you know, when you get to the airport, you're trying to get your bags and get to your hotel. You've also got to change money. And that's kind of annoying, right? Um, a lot of places accept credit cards. Not all do. Not all like it. They don't, you know, a small tour boat operator that's going to take you to Stingray City, you know, would possibly like to get paid in cash. Um, so do you have the local currency or not? So that's where I think that currency opportunity comes in for blockchain and cryptocurrency. So far, I haven't seen anyone solve it too effectively yet. Uh, we may be working on some ideas, but again, that's a topic for, for another day. Um, and then the second part, dynamic content. Um, again, I've been talking about this for a long time. Some people are doing it better than others. Uh, obviously, drones and drone cameras are getting higher quality, easier to operate. You don't need to hire a big company to do this. You could make your own investment. If you have someone kind of techie and effective in-house at like editing videos and things like that, which is a, a, a not an easy skill set, but it's more accessible, let's say nowadays. Um, it's always amazing to me how little GoPro, and I, GoPro is just one brand. I know there's others that, that are doing it, but I think um, waterproof cameras that could, that could record amazing footage of, you know, sharks and eels and, and other various underwater um, uh, and overwater scenery. Um, and I know this will really appeal to our, our VP of marketing, Steve. He's, he dives with sharks. Steve, God bless you. Uh, maybe you could share with us some of your footage in a future, um, in a future workshop. But um, yeah, I remember just first starting to see that overwater, underwater footage um, and it's just incredible. So imagine having that in your social media and in your website versus just static, but beautiful pictures of underwater, overwater. So I think uh, live streaming coming into that uh, is another idea that I, I don't quite see enough of. And I think, you know, virtual experiential is another whole area. We know Apple just announced it's, you know, VR experience and Imagine you're considering going to, let's say, either Bahamas, Aruba, or Cayman Islands, and you're like doing this research, and they're all in your, as we would call it, consideration set. And then one of them says, hey, download our app and put on your VR headset, and we'll give you the virtual tour of what it's like to go to Stingray City, overwater, underwater. Hmm. That, that's a pretty interesting idea. Not that the virtual experience is going to replace my actual travel and vacation experience, but as someone that hasn't left my living room yet, considering this, I might be very interested in that, to, to have that virtual AR, VR experience, right? Or, oh no, hey, they've got a live stream coming up today, and it's going to be being on that tour boat, you know, with the tour guide for 30 minutes. Uh, again, that's never going to replace the live experience, but as I'm considering where I might want to travel or trying to remember a great experience I had, these are things that I think, um, and, and we don't think, we know the, they're effective and they work. They're just not really being used as widely as I think they could be. Um, so with the right kind of strategy, the right kind of budgeting and expertise, these are things that uh, you know, we've made happen for clients and that um, we'd like to see more people in the field uh, doing so as well. Very quick on on CRM, which you know is pillar five, which uh, has always had a lot of marketing automation options and opportunities in terms of um, how people engage your website um, and and um, and then sign up for different SMS or email content. Let's say again, you love the vacation you had to Barbados and. Um, you know, you signed up to get weekly deals or, or experiences, like I said, snapshots, right? So how do you work that into your CRM strategy to give people the content that they want and using tools like AI to even generate um, either new content or pull from most tourism businesses have huge pools of existing content. I mean, again, working with Cayman Islands Department of Tourism, almost every two or three years, they would bring in amazing photographers to do all kinds of aerial and underground footage, the kind of stuff we were just talking about, 
And then three years later, they'll do a whole nother shoot, right? So you're always getting new stuff, but all that old stuff was great too. So what happens with all those archives? These are some of the ways we can use AI um, uh, on websites, in different CRM strategies to pull and find relevant content. Again, sharks underwater, you just use different keywords and the AI finds it because it knows that Steve, you know, is a shark diver and actually wants to see sharks when he goes diving in the Caribbean, not, not uh, trying to avoid them. Um, so uh, as an example, versus stingrays versus a different kind of experience in the rainforest. So based on different tags and personas and keywords, AI and marketing automation are some of the tools that we can really use effectively. And to be effective, you need people that have expertise in the tools that can map into your CRM and your marketing to, to, um, to be relevant, to make sure people are seeing the relevant messaging at the right times. Um, while they're right in the middle of that consideration set between three destinations or three hotels, that's when you'd like for them to make sure your marketing and message is in front of them. And that's where AI and marketing automation, if it's, if it's architected the right way, Someone's got to script it the right way. It's not going to solve the problem by itself. There's still got to be a human being that understands marketing, that understands the customer base, that can produce the right messaging and program that AI and automation so it could, so it could have these kind of flowcharts where it's messaging people in the right way at the right time. I'll just quickly, quickly work through uh, an example of how when you're considering adding different budget to different pillars, different areas of your marketing, uh, these are the kind of conversations you want to have. You know, if you're adding a $3,000 budget for content marketing, A, what would we get for that, right? A couple of new original articles, how and where that content is published, and then it's integrated with your search marketing, creating content that can, you know, really address kind of content your customers want to see and hear. Uh, remember, content isn't just written content, it's visual, right? And it's even auditory, audio content. Look how popular podcasts are nowadays, right? And you want to be able to have a good idea of what kind of benchmark you're seeking, right? That you'd get a 30% increase in revenue within six months. So you put something like that out there in advance, and then you measure it as you go through to see if, you're, if that budget, you know, can justify itself to continue after that, that three to six month period. So that's on content. There's a few other examples here. Um, this one on web design and what it would, uh, what kind of potential boost you can get by improving your website, especially your mobile design. Online media, increasing a budget potentially and what kind of ROI that would have. And again, CRM, similar to what we just discussed, um, creating different personas, different segments, and really targeting people with the kind of messaging and offers uh, that they would be interested in here. So I'm going to wrap up kind of the main body of the presentation uh, here. Um, again, um, you know, feel free to follow up uh, with myself. You have my email there, as well as uh, uh, Steve, who's been doing a lot of the posting out on social media, Steve at, at uh, elabsventures.com. Uh, um, follow through, whatever you take forward from this, Great, all great ideas and tools. Uh, hopefully you find some of them to be uh, useful, but uh, use them in your daily execution. And bottom line, keep growing, keep getting educated. Um, you can do it. Anyone can do this on their own, can do it in-house. It's good to bring in the help of experts where you feel you're just overwhelmed or you need some direction strategically. But whatever you do, keep growing, keep getting educated. Uh, that's what we're here to provide uh, support for. And uh, you know, thank you for your, for your time. Um, with Seven Pillars, again, we have education, we have boot camps. We can come in and do very particular audits uh, at all levels. You know, for people that are beginners all the way up through what we call, you know, Blue Belt, which in our system is, uh, is the highest level. And it's kind of an ode to, to Blue Liner uh, and the agency that spent, uh, you know, now in our third decade uh, building and developing these best practices, these ideas. 
Um, and just a little teaser again for what would be the next tourism webinar. We'll focus on web design trends for the tourism industry. I have 15 trends here. I've already got some slides, but I'm not going to share those um, at this moment. But uh, if you tune in in, in uh, one of the last couple of weeks in July, we'll be we'll be doing that webinar. Um, let me see. I saw a couple of questions uh, kind of coming in. Um, and I'll just, I think we only have time for one here, maybe two. Um, question is, in addition to SEO and copywriting, where do you see AI having an impact on marketing tourism in the next few years? Uh, that's a great, great question. Um, we touched on it a little bit briefly here um, in, terms of, um, in terms of the CRM. And really, the relationship management. So I think I want to I want to stick with that. Um, I mean, you talked about copywriting in your question, but I would go beyond that. A lot of AI nowadays is doing uh, imagery, is doing videos, right? Some of the leading AI companies and tools nowadays. And I don't have the names offhand. Um, they'll they'll produce your videos, right? They'll do the editing and the pre roll and the post roll. Some of the things we have. Uh, highly skilled experts doing now, um, and the AI could give you that professional grade uh, looking video content, even bringing music in and things like that. As we know, tourism is a very emotional, visceral um, industry, right? And the product itself. So I think in that area of content development, we'll see a lot of uh, hopefully higher quality videos. Sometimes when AI and computer generated kind of models get involved. Sometimes it's it's like, you can almost tell, at least I can, that it's like, hmm, I don't think someone wrote this. This looks like it might've been AI. I think that'll, those lines will get more and more blurred where you just can't tell. The quality is just there. Uh, we'll see. I think that's TBD, but it looks like these tools for, for, again, more professional grade video and content production are coming to the fore even now. Uh, and then I think going forward, as you ask, next few years, uh, it's that personalized communication, right? Because nowadays, when you, when you know when you're chatting with a chat bot, right, instead of like chatting with someone, if you're in a web chat asking questions, hey, do you have availability? I'm trying to book dates. I'm trying to take my you know wife and family on this trip. And you want to talk to someone before you put your credit card in, right? So um, Instead of calling, you want to chat with someone on your phone or on your computer. So I think the AI is going to start getting a lot more intelligent uh, in, in, its, in that chat and interaction to be able to answer questions instead of just sending you resource links to pages where you have to read, but to have that real intelligent conversation based on how you're posing the questions. Um, and that's going to be interesting to see. Right. And I think that'll apply not just to tourism, but just all customer service. Imagine you have questions about your cell phone bill and everyone's got those frustrations calling their their cell phone company or their cable company trying to cancel their account or change their plan. Now, imagine those are voice activated or chat bots that are AI. Um, it'll be very interesting to see. I do believe the intelligence is getting better and better there. Um, but again, it's 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 TBD. Um, okay, last question, then we're going to jump. What is the cost for an agency uh, handling SEO for a small hotel? Great question. Um, it really can vary. I would say, I mean, I'll speak from our experience and what we know for, for kind of, uh, let's say, boutique agencies, because you could pay a big hotel if you're the sandals and you've got, you know, um, a bigger footprint if you've got 10,000 rooms, right? But your question is about a small hotel, so we'll keep to that. I'd say a fair price would be anywhere between three and 5K a month. Um, the number could go up depending on the specialty area or whatnot or the price level. Um, and you really have to look at your cost per, you know, uh, as I say, ADR, your, your cost per, per room per night and how much money you typically make when someone books a trip. It's a five nights on average. So we're going to make about $2,000, whatever it may be. So it's worth it, you know, for us to spend $500 to acquire that new customer. And so you back all that in, but somewhere between three and 5K 
would be fair. And I think you got to give an agency or anyone, you know, it could be an individual you hire, right? Uh, or even a staff person. Um, it's very hard to do that. I think an agency is a better bet in all honesty, but um, I think that's three to 5K. You're looking at six months, but you want to start seeing some signs and some results after at least after the first third or fourth month. Um, and yeah, you want to make sure I would challenge that agency or that person or whoever it is. A lot of people say, oh, no, we can't guarantee results. We can't guarantee the first place or first page listings. And it's true. I mean, it's just like uh, someone managing your money. They can't guarantee you an exact return. But they should, from historical experience, be able to give a good estimate there. <clears throat> and we should be able to look at your portfolio of traffic and your revenue and say, you know what? A good benchmark is within six months, we think we could generate an additional 250K worth of revenue through organic, right? Period, right? So come up with some firm numbers. I would challenge the agency to be the one to propose those numbers. And if they backpedal or don't want to commit to a benchmark, I would, I'd look towards another direction because um, marketing is all about accountability and being in an agency business is absolutely about accountability. And you need to be able to justify the cost of what you're bringing to the table. And um, there could be different reasons why you perform or don't perform. Uh, sometimes it's collective because an agency actually has to depend on you, the, the customer, if you're the hotel on content, because you told me you'd be providing image pictures and copy and testimonials from your customers because I'm not on island. And if you don't provide that, then you can't just point the finger at the agency. It's, it's really teamwork. It's a holistic process. Um, but yes, so three to five K is a good, a good SEO uh, starting point budget. I want to thank everyone for their time. Uh, we have recorded this. So if you weren't able to tune in live or catch the whole uh, workshop here on LinkedIn, on Zoom, or however you tuned in, um, take a look out for email and we'll follow up. You can have it as a reference, share it out with others. And again, if you want access to the uh, PowerPoint deck uh, and or the um, those marketing matrix uh, maps, uh, please uh, let me know and we'll be happy to share that with you. Take care, everyone. Have a great day.